0: What the hell is going on, guys? How are we doing today? It is a gloomy day here in this godforsaken city that I live in. And uh, we're going to brighten it up with a little T-Swift talk. You heard it. You heard it. You saw the title. You know what you're getting yourself into. The day has finally come where I have chosen to speak about my absolute... Like, Lord and Savior. Taylor Swift. Um, oh, fuck. My fucking coffee's all the way over there. Hang on. Give me a minute. Goddamn beanbag chair. Jesus Christ. Alright. Goddamn. <clears throat> so, I am back again. Um, I don't know how many of you guys watched the video portions, but back again with my embarrassing dome lid. Because yet again, I forgot to say that I didn't want the whipped cream on top of my uh, chestnut praline latte. So here we are. I'm starting to film more like in front of my window because it just has like better lighting. Um, the way that my like apartment is set up, my couch just like doesn't really get great lighting. Um, even though I kind of like that setup better because it's, like, comfier. It's on my couch. But I have a little beanbag chair that we're, uh, we're just going to utilize from now on. Um, so, today we're getting into um, Taylor Swift. Now, I encourage the people who don't, you know, really like Taylor Swift or, you know, are on the fence about her. It's like, oh, you know, I don't really like, I don't really like her. I don't really like her music, but, like, I don't hate her. I don't have anything against her. Which, everyone's entitled to their opinions. However, I say that I encourage them to listen to this episode because it, I'm providing not just, like, me saying, oh, she's the best. Like, she, she's just, she's so awesome. Like, I came with facts. So, if you're on the fence about her, listen to this. And if you still are like, no, she's not for me, then that's fine. That's fair. I just want to present my case. Um, and, I again, this podcast is about things that I'm passionate about. And, lo and behold, uh, this is it. This is, like, the big kahuna. Um, background. I think I, I I arguably have a degree in, in Taylor Swiftology. Um, anyone who knows me knows that she is just like my sole purpose for living. It's sad, but that's just the truth. I've been a fan of her since, I wanna say 2007 maybe, 2008, Uh, my sister was uh, like doing this project in elementary school and she used our song by Taylor Swift as um, the song for her project and i hadn't ever heard of taylor meanwhile i'm also like seven in this scenario and so i think um i got like a cd you know her first album cd and i just couldn't stop and i've gone to all of her tours except for the fearless tour because i had just became like a fan at that time so um and i don't want to talk about the eras tour because it's a really sensitive topic for me Um, it's not something I'm okay with I didn't get tickets so I'm just praying that like as the time gets closer maybe I can like buy tickets from someone that are like not $40,000 and um or you know somehow go because I had a dream I went last night and I woke up and I teared up a little bit I will be honest so yeah we're not going to talk about the Aeros tour very sensitive topic in this household so we won't talk about that. I have broken down my notes for this episode. Like I did hefty research on this too, guys. This isn't like, like I said earlier, this isn't me kind of just like being like, oh, she's so awesome, guys. Please just like listen to her music. No, I came with facts and statistics. I can't, like I basically wrote a thesis paper on Taylor Swift and I'm about to present it to you guys. So without further ado, let's get started. The first kind of like category that I have going for my points, um, I broke it up into three. So we have statistics, then we have personality, and then we have lyrics slash music. So to get started, I have uh, a handful of statistics that kind of just show that she, her success um is so like insurmountable that I don't think people realize her success is comparable to, you know, the icons that we know of today that happened in the past, like um, Mick Jagger and Elton John and Michael Jackson and um, Whitney Houston. Like they're all very comparable to her success. Um, And that's why I kind of picked out some of these, Um, you know, I mean, I know, and I know it's, it's, there's no denying no one's out here like, no, she's not successful, but I think my point for making these statistics known is that I want people to understand that, like, what she's doing is really good stuff and, like, it's, like, the things that she does isn't just, like, me or, um, you belong with me or... Um, love story, like just the songs that you always hear on the radio like that's not what her success is based off. Obviously you know like her iconic songs like love Story really like took like m- helped her career take off um but like the that's not the reason why she has such a strong fan base. it's for like so many other reasons so, I have they're not like in order or anything these are just kind of like as i was looking them up and and there's this like fucking gnat in here holy shit this is gonna annoy the piss out of me all right first up she's the youngest person to ever Oof. she's the youngest person to ever win the entertainment of the year award at the cmt awards in 2009 that was for her fearless album uh she is ama's most awarded artist with 40 awards won that's a lot of fucking awards, by the way. I wonder what she does with them. I really do. Like, I mean, I know she has, like, multiple houses. Um, so it's like she can spread them all over her estates. And most of them are giant. So she has lots of room to put her awards. So I don't think that's an issue for her, finding a place to put her awards. But I just want to know, like, how she decorates them around her house. You know like some awards like aren't the prettiest like I mean I would be placing my Grammys in a glass box in uh away from my cats like cats knock over shit by the way I wonder if any of her cats have ever like knocked something over a shelf and like has broken it like is there like a a store where you can go and repair your Grammy <laughs> get it shoeshined That's what I want to know. Next up, she has won, I think it was by IMBA or something like that. Um, And they honored her with the Taylor Swift Award. And the only other person to ever have award named off of them is Michael Jackson. So it's, oh yeah, it was like for a songwriting institution. So it's like, it was awarding and recognizing her songwriting. Um, and the only other person to get one, like, that was like that is Michael Jackson. So, for all you Michael Jackson fans out there who hate Taylor Swift, maybe, maybe reevaluate a little bit. She's the first artist to ever take up all 10 spots on the Billboard Top 10. This happened, like, really recently, actually. This was for, um, for Midnight's. She had taken up all like top 10 spots on the billboard charts um and that's not even like all of her like I think what she had 13 songs on her album and I think she took up like the top 13 but the top 10 is like what you know set the record first woman uh or like I think she was the first person to ever do that yeah first artist to ever do that Um, She also ups her count to 40 on top 10, so she has had 40 songs go top and be in her top 10, be in the top 10 on Billboard, um, which the person who previously held this record was Madonna. Again, there's like this constant uh, theme of her setting records and breaking records that were previously held by these extremely well-known, highly successful, iconic artists that were you know from a couple decades ago like the beatles uh Rolling stones etc so it's like you know she is did i just catch it this nat's gonna piss me off it already is um so yeah passing madonna for the most among women in the charts uh 64 year history so um i think that means like the uh billboard top tens has been around s- for 64 years I'm, that's what i'm picking up she's the first woman to win album of the year three times at the grammys and previously before she recently won album of the year for folklore in 2021 she it was her and adele were the only women to ever won win that award twice and so now she's the only woman to win that award three times Uh, She won it for Fearless, 1989, and now for Folklore. I want to also make a point that I'm not going to sit here and compare her to other artists. I'm not going to sit here, or, like, other women artists of today's pop culture. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, she's better than Ariana Grande. She's better than Beyonce. She's better than Doja Cat. She's better than this and that. I'm not, that's not, like, right because they're all individuals they're all ha- they each have their own individual style they have their own they're their own people so it just feels wrong to sit here and say like her success is uh better than Beyonce's she's more successful than Beyonce that's not really what I'm getting at I'm trying to like basically you know give you the facts on a platter about Taylor and then hand them to you, and then you can do what you will with that information. I'm not sitting here, like, trying to pin down other female artists. I don't believe in that. I think I really – that's, like, one of my biggest pet peeves is whenever people do that, they kind of, like – it's like, oh, who – you know, especially, like, during award season. So that's coming up within the next few months. Um, And it's always kind of just, like, the who is better And I guess that is, at the end of the day, what it is, because it's who's, like, better, who's going to win the award. But pinning women against each other and comparing them, um, you know, solely just to defend them doesn't feel right because it's, they're just, like, their own people. So I'm not going to sit here and, you know, like, I didn't compare um, Taylor's statistics to Beyonce's or, I don't fucking know. Uh, Katy Perry's or Adele's you know they're all extremely successful and amazing artists and I love all of them so I'm not gonna sit here and like that's not my goal here is to like pin them against each other moving forward um first woman to win oh wait I just did that one has been nominated for song of the year uh the most compared to any other women in Grammy's history that doesn't mean she's won all of them but she's been nominated the most out of any other female artist in grammy's history uh whenever she released red taylor's version uh she broke the record for longest number one billboard top country albums like the longest amount of time it was on there which was previously (laughs) chanel chanel it was previously held by shania twain so again kind of like showing that you know her success is comparable to and i know i just said i wasn't going to compare but i'm not like saying oh shania Shania twain sucks ass no that's not what i'm saying okay that's not what i'm saying she's the uh has the most videos uh to win video of the year at the vmas ever for any artist ever and uh she is might i mention titled with the uh award artist of the decade just had to throw that one in there real quick so she has won over 300 awards total i think it's like 318 awards total. Um, moving on to, like, besides awards, her uh, tours have set a lot of records. Um, I think I was reading, and since her headlighting tour of Fearless, her Fearless tour, up until Reputation, her tours have grossed almost $700 million, which... Correct me if I'm wrong, is the most, um, like, a tour or an artist has ever, like, grossed in their career. I could be wrong on that, but um, she broke a record uh, for having Reputation being the highest-grossing tour ever. Um, it grossed $266.1 million, and it was a um, – she played 38 shows. The previous record was held by the Rolling Stones. In 2007, uh, they played 70 shows, but she played um, 38 shows for the Rep Tour. So her tour grossed more money, and she also played less shows than the Rolling Stones. So, not saying the Rolling Stones, like she's better than the Rolling Stones, but I am saying that she's a beast. 1989 tour made $181.5 million, which gave her the title of the highest grossing domestic tour for a woman. Which then, uh, later, whenever uh, her next tour reputation came out, that is when she broke, basically, her own record. And it's already predicted that her era's tour is going to, like, she's going to break her own record again, essentially. Um, And lastly, she wrote an entire album completely by herself, which was Speak Now. Um, During Fearless, people... You know, the critics were saying, like, oh, she, you know, she has people write music for her. She she can't write songs by herself, blah, blah, blah. So what did she do? She wrote an entire album by herself just to prove that she could um, write music and write her own music. And the, the thing is, is that um, she is constantly, like not trying to please people but she's always is like able to prove people wrong um before the reputation tour for example um people you know critics were saying that it's it was going to be a flop tour and that um you know especially since she had been mia for years and she came out of nowhere released reputation and everyone was like this is going to be like a fail of a tour meanwhile it's the like the highest grossing tour to date So it's just like she's constantly just like, you know, proving people wrong with her success. And she doesn't, I don't know if she really does it out of spite. She just like does shit and it's like fucking awesome. (laughs) All right, next category we have personality. Um, I tried to be as unbiased Mm -hmm. as possible. Um, I have facts in here and everything while I'll also kind of like give my input on her because I not that I know her personally but you know I'll just I'll just start okay um, one of the first things that came to my mind whenever thinking about her personality is that uh, since her fearless tour she has um, held meet and greets after her shows um, what what her team does is that, during concerts of um each show during the concerts while taylor's playing her team will go around look around who's who's like having the most fun who's dressed up who's singing like the words to every single one of the songs and it's just like having the best time ever they'll pick those people out and ask if they want to meet taylor after the show and so then they get these wristbands they give them instructions where to go after the show and then they taylor has like this little uh room that's decorated for the theme of that you know the tour and then they get to meet her for free for example um the uh it in the past it's been like the uh speak now what was the I can't remember what the room was called i know for red it was the red room um then there was rep room i can't remember what it was for 1989 but it's always like on theme with the era that she's in and compared to like you know most artists and just celebrities in general you typically have to pay a shit ton of money to meet them Um, Or you just, like, never meet them. Like, she actively is trying to always meet and hang out with her fans. I don't know many other artists that genuinely actively are trying to meet as many of her fans, as many of their fans as possible. Um, Another example um, is that there's her secrets secret sessions so um what she does is in the past she has she didn't do it for midnights she didn't no she did do it for reputation i think um and what she does is you know she lurks on the internet and finds fans that are like extremely dedicated and are like actual loyal fans uh she invites them to her private residence like her homes and invites these fans to listen to the album before everyone else now like the, the trust that she has to have in her fans to like invite them to her personal home is insane and I think that kind of just like just shows her actual sincerity for like caring about her fans, you know? Like, I know not every artist can do that, but she's, like, created this community with her fans where it just kind of feels like we're all friends. Anytime I've ever been out in public and I've met a fellow Swifty, that's what her fans are called, um, they've always just been nice, you know? I mean, it the... I don't know how she did it, but she has created such a strong fan base that, like, if you're a Swifty, like, you're a Swifty till the day you fucking die, and you don't get to coin the term Swifty if you're not going to defend her till the day you die, okay? During the godforsaken 2016 Kim Ye versus Taylor Swift debacle, I was out there in the trenches. I was out there defending her till the day I died. Anytime I heard Taylor slander, oh, Kanye's better, oh, Kim, Kim and Kanye, she's such a liar, she's a snake. I was out there in the trenches, trenches, defending her. I was a Marine out there defending her and I would do it again. I, I would defend her on a battlefield and I hope she knows that. I really do. Um, what's up next? yeah she interacts with her fans through social media she is like constantly always like commenting on her fans like tiktoks uh she went through a, a long phase where she was commenting on people's instagram posts i think that was before um the kanye kim kardashian thing what else uh tumblr she was on tumblr for a while she actually follows me on tumblr BT dubs, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, she doesn't really go on it or really interact on there as much. Um, the, the place she's like most active is TikTok, which makes sense because it's such, it's, that's like where a lot of her fans are now. Uh, always like, always just like chatting with them. There's been times where like, there was this one girl, um, I don't know why she specifically invited her, but she like invited this one fan to her New York apartment And, like, for Valentine's Day and, like, made cookies with her at Taylor's apartment. Um, Taylor visits, like, little kids at their homes all the time who are really big fans. Uh, Now, this hasn't been, like, as... She used to do this a lot more, especially, like, pre-pandemic. But um, it's kind of hard to now, I think. Especially since she's so busy, I think, with re-recording albums and just, like, making other music and, and whatnot. So that makes sense. Um, her philanthropy, uh, I was doing a little research on that. Um, just some quick numbers. Um, She's donated a million dollars to the Louisiana flood victims in 2016, $100,000 to cancer research, $60,000 to music departments across six universities in America. She's donated to the WHO and Feeding America organizations during the pandemic and offered to sign uh, a guitar to the National Health Service as a way to auction off and raise money uh, for the organization during the pandemic. Now, I don't have a... Like, I don't think it's you know publicly known about like all of the numbers and amount the amount of money that she's donated but as a fan who constantly knows her every public move I know that I have like you know read countless articles and updates on oh Taylor just donated to this fan who is you know her house just caught on fire and Taylor like donates money Um, oh, this, you know, uh, there was this one, oh, yeah, uh, she went to, um, a fans bridal or baby shower, maybe, like, made a whole vlog about it, like, Taylor was vlogging about it, uh, surprised her, I think her name was Gina, surprised her at, um, her, her little party, and, like, just took her time, like, took time out of her schedule to, like, go hang out and fly out to this woman's party because this fan asked her to. What other artist is doing that, by the way? I don't know. She has been uh, very vocal about uh, her support for the LGBTQ community and um, always really not always, but also, like, with feminism and women's rights and equal rights, um, I want to argue, like, around 2015, 2015, 2016, she became definitely more vocal about, you know, politics and, uh, standing up for my, like, minority groups, um, so for her lover album, she wrote a song called "You Need to Calm Down," and in one of the lyrics, it's like, "Why would, why would you be mad when you can be glad?" But the glad is meant to be spelled, uh, G L A A D, which is a organization for uh, members of the LGBTQ community that kind of just raises money and protects them and um, raises awareness for the issues that they go through. And um, so, like, I I don't know if proceeds from that song went to it, but she created a music video for that song, and I think almost, like, all, like, the theme was not gay pride, but, like, it was very colorful. She featured a lot of members of the LGBTQ community in that video. That's also uh, the video where she publicly rekindled her friendship with Katy Perry. So, that happened with that she's donated to the glad organization has written letters publicly to the tennessee senator um in you know asking him to support the equality act which um they did i don't know if i think this senate did i don't know if the house has passed it i don't really know the updates on that has donated to the tennessee equality project um what else what else what else uh she was really Vocal about the uh, Equality Act. I remember she was accepting an award that I can't remember what the award was, but it was uh, during, like, her speech. She was very vocal about, you know, encouraging people to go sign the petition um, to get them to write it into law or something like that. And, uh, I remember reading how, you know, after she was vocal about that, like the number of, um, the number of like signatures increased a shit ton. So that's just her impact. Uh, and then overall, she's just an amazing role model. Uh, she's a smart businesswoman, speaks her voice. Um, she minds her business, tries to make peace with everyone. Yet people see her her success and people will do anything. And everything to tear her down. Not to mention, she's also hot. Had to throw that one in there. When in doubt, she's just hot. (laughs) So, here we are uh, to the last section, which is lyrics and music. Now, this is for the people who say, I don't really, you know, I don't really like her music uh it's you know she's not a really great songwriter it's just like really poppy All right you're not giving it you're not giving the whole thing a chance because you're only listening to the popular radio songs delicate love story you belong with me uh me um you know the very very poppy songs and i like Someone is calling me right now and I have about 50 fucking people blowing up my goddamn, um, phone right now. And I need to let everyone know that I'm busy. Leave me alone for the love of God, please. Jesus. Anyways. Um. People need to like, I'm about to give you some. Examples of stellar lyrics that she has written and what song they're from. And if you're a little iffy on what, you know, does Starbucks use the refill cup? Leave Zoe, I'm gonna kill you. Uh, sorry guys. Um now first up we have cardigan this was her this was a single but it was arguably her best single lyrically because she like just oh god this song is so good i picked out a a lyric specifically Uh, One that really stood out to me. Um, And it goes, but I knew you'd linger like a tattoo kiss. I knew you'd haunt all of my what ifs. The smell of smoke would hang around this long because I knew everything when I was young. (laughs) What the fuck, dog? Are you kidding me? I knew you'd linger like a tattoo kiss. First of all, a hickey. This song also uh, is about this kind of fake love triangle that she created on her folklore album um between Betty August and James and which I'm pretty sure are all the names of Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively's kids and it's uh this is Betty talking about uh her relationship with James and I knew you'd linger like a tattoo kiss like where it's um Instead of being like, I knew you'd be here, but then you would go, because a tattoo kiss, a hickey, like, it stays, and it's very prominent, and it's it's on you, but then it fades away. It's just, like, the relationship she was in. Uh, I knew you'd haunt all of my what-ifs. Just, like, this guy constantly giving her this anxiety um, that is basically haunting her. Uh, the smell of smoke would hang around this long. And, because I knew everything when I was young, this- the, you know, relationship that they're- that she's talking about in this song is, um, it's, like, a young relationship, like, fresh into college, and I just- the way- and this is a common theme, but just, like, the way that she says things that could be said so plainly is just fucking genius. Next up, the actual entirety of Cowboy Like Me. Now- I know within within the Taylor Swift fan community um it like this song people either hate it or they love it and I don't know why people hate it because if you just read the lyrics just read them my god jesus oh my god you just, I can't get enough of it it's my favorite song she's ever written and I have decided that and I still stand by that to this day uh, I got two examples for you here. Uh, and the skeletons in both our closets plotted hard to fuck this up in the old men that I've swindled really did believe I was the one in the skeletons in our closet. Like all the baggage that you hold in the new relationship is kind of like plotting to fuck up your new relationship. Are you kidding me? Like how, how do you think about that? How do you think, oh, the skeletons in our closets plotted hard to fuck this up? Are you shitting my dick right now no way no way next now you hang from my lips like the gardens of babylon with your boots beneath my bed forever is the sweetest con come on dude and here's the thing i very much would argue that the reason why most men hate taylor swift or don't really like her is because they can't wrap their little pea brains around this godforsaken lyric They don't understand what her lyricsism means. They just, they just hear, you know, they sing along to You Belong With Me and then call it a day and then they slut shame her, okay? Now you hang from my lips like the gardens of Babylon with your boots beneath my bed. Forever is the sweetest con. Forever is the sweetest con. I want that tattooed on me. Eventually, I will be getting a tattoo that represents some, like the song Cowboy Like Me maybe like a little cowboy hat, honestly, because that song, this song means fucking everything to me. Please, please, out of all of these songs, please listen to that one. I, I do think you will enjoy it. Please. And if you don't, then there there's just something wrong with you. Um, my personal favorite lyric from uh, the All Too Well 10-minute version, by the way, 10-minute song, also fun fact it's the longest song to ever be number one billboard top hits <clears throat> so just a, just a little fun fun fact for you um, quote here we are again when I loved you so you kept me like a secret but I kept you like an oath are you I I'm just gonna let that sit with you real quick while I take a sip of my drink You kept me like a secret, but I kept you like an oath. Basically, she's saying "fuck you." You you didn't tell anyone about me, and you kept you kept me a secret, but I I would have died for you. I I wanted to keep you, hand on the Bible. I wanted to keep you forever, but you kept me like a secret. <laughs> Just. Dagger in the heart. Dagger in the heart. Next up, The Lakes. This is from uh, her album Folklore as a bonus song. A red rose grew up out of ice, frozen ground with no one around to tweet it while I bathe in cliffside pools with my calamitous love and insurmountable grief. Now, I don't know what the fuck. Com- climat- with my calmatalist. Com- fuck me. With my comatalis. Commat- now let's copy this and we're going to define it. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? When she first came out with this album, um, I was like, I was looking up words left and right listening to this album. It means um, catast- catastrophic or disastrous. I feel like I can't speak English right now because she's just, I'm just so fucking worked up over my love for her. Insurmountable, insurmountable creep. I can't speak right now. A red rose grew up out of ice frozen ground with no one around to tweet it. Now, this song is kind of about her relationship with um, her current boyfriend that she's been dating for like six years. And it's, uh, the lakes is actually a place, I think somewhere in England, I believe, and it's kind of this well-known place where a lot of the poets went to write their famous work. And the a red rose grew up out of ice frozen ground. I think that kind of represents how she was. She disappeared for so many years between um, nineteen eighty nine reputation, where um, you know this this ice frozen ground that she had. it it was kind of like an ice age where she was just, like, gone, and then a red rose grew up, grew out of it. I think that maybe that also could represent how this relationship bloomed out of this dark period that she had when the fucking entirety of the internet was just like, fuck Taylor Swift, I hate her, she's a liar, she's a snake, 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 and I think that the red rose grew up out of ice, frozen ground, and then with no one around to tweet it, it's just kind of like, she was in this dark period where this new bloom of a relationship was forming. And it was nice because there was no one around to tweet it. You know, there was, it was just them two because she had just dropped off the face of the earth, basically. Which I'd like to point out was a horrible time for me. I had no Taylor content. nowhere She was nowhere to be seen. It was dry bones. And then ever since Reputation, she's just been feeding us so well, and I appreciate it. Next up, You Are in Love, one of her best songs. I will admit, um, quote, "You understand now why they lost their minds and fought the wars, and why I've spent my whole life trying to put it into word into words." Now she wrote this song about um, a relationship that uh, she was like she was friends with these two people who were in a relationship. She didn't write this, like, from personal experience. So um, you understand now why they lost their minds and fought the wars and why I've spent my whole life trying to put it into words. Just kind of, like, i it's just sometimes her lyrics are too good that my pea brain can't even wrap my head around it because they're just so good. You know, it's, it's – all of her songs are so – they're just so – poetically written that they're up for interpretation they're very very specific and but they're also can be inter- they can be interpreted in many different ways and I think that's a beautiful thing and I think that's like one of the best forms of songwriting uh okay this song is called this is me trying it's from folklore as well and holy shit This song hurts. It's called This Is Me Trying, and it's basically a song about how, you know, we're always just, like, all trying our best, and sometimes it just feels like it's never enough, but, like, the, you know, even the smallest things can just, you know, signify you trying. Uh, So I picked two lyrics out of this song. Uh, Quote, I was so ahead of the curve, the curve became a sphere, fell behind all my classmates, and I ended up here. Pouring out my heart to a stranger, but I didn't pour the whiskey. That's what I just wanted you to know. This is me trying. So I was so ahead of the curve. The curve became a sphere. Okay. You're going, you're going, you're going. And then you fall behind. And then it's just like, you it's just like a full circle thing. Pouring out my heart to a stranger. Okay. You're, you're giving yourself to this stranger, but you didn't pour the whiskey because it's like you didn't you're it's kind of like a metaphor where it could be a metaphor for uh you know I'm I'm trying to be sober from alcohol or metaphorically like from a person it's like you're you're pouring your heart out to someone but hey I did I poured my heart out but I didn't pour the whiskey and this is me trying this is me trying my best I am being vulnerable but I didn't I didn't drink so this is me trying my best and that song just means everything to me because whenever I feel like I'm not doing my best and I feel like I'm you know kind of failing and I could be doing better I listen to that song and I'm like you know what you know what I'm trying and I'm trying my best and that should be enough I think that's you know I feel like we don't this world is so it moves so fast and I think that I just think that we need to remember that we're always just we're all just trying our best you know uh, next up, Tolerate It. This song is gut-wrenching, by the way. This is on Evermore, her forgotten child of a album. Um, gotcha. I got the nap, if anyone was wondering. <clears throat> now, Tolerate It is about a being in a relationship where you are, you know, doing everything for your partner and your significant other, this person you love, you're... You're doing your best, and you are just constantly giving love, and they're just tolerating it. They're just, you know, not reciprocating it, and you're getting real tired of it. But you love this person, and they're not recognizing your value and your worth. So, quote, I wait by the door like I'm just a kid. Use my best colors for your portrait. Lay the table with the fancy shit, and you tolerate, and watch you tolerate it. So it's like you're waiting by the door for this person, and you're giving all your time to them. You're you're waiting for them like you're a little kid waiting for your parents to get back because it's like you value this person like they're you're, you know superior. They're like they're your parent. Use my best colors for your portrait. You're kind of like you know wearing your fanciest clothes, and um, you're painting them in this portrait. That portrays them to be better than they actually are. Um, lay at the table with the fancy shit and watch you tolerate it. God damn, Just fucking dagger to the heart once again. She knows how to she knows how to do it. She knows how to make you cry. Next up, same song. You assume I'm fine, but what would you do if I break free and leave us in ruins? took this dagger in me and removed it. Gain the weight of you, then lose it. Believe me, I could do it. Uh. Hold. the first time I heard that lyric let me tell you first time I heard that lyric I about shit my pants gain the weight of you then lose it oh my god <laughs> because it's like okay let's break this down what would you do if I break free and leave us in ruins so this is like towards the end of the song the entire song is kind of like um you know I do all of this for you and you kind of just tolerate it and now towards the end of the song she's like okay yeah i do all of this but what if i broke up with you and you know left you in ruins um took this dagger in me and removed it like he kind of like once again dagger in the heart he hurt her he stabbed her in the back and then she's removing it gain the weight of you okay she's in a relationship you gain the weight of this person and and all of the toxicity that they give gain the weight of you then lose it. Believe me, I could do it. Oh my God. Believe me, I could do it. Cause it's just like, he's constantly undermining her. Believe me, I could do it. Oh my God. (laughs) The power in just that one lyric. Believe me, I could do it. Chills. Chills down my fucking spine, dude. Next up. God damn, this one hurts too. These last two hurt real bad. Actually, you wanna know what? These three might be actually written all by the same person. No. I don't think so. I, I think the last one, I don't know if the last one's written about. Uh, We have Dear John from Speak Now. This fucking, this song, goddamn, fucking hurts so bad. The amount of times I have screamed this song at the top of my lungs in my car is, I can't even count. It's an abundant, I can tell you that much. Um, This is kind of at the bridge Like the peak of the song You are an expert at sorry And keeping lines blurry Never impressed by me acing your tests All the girls that you've run dry Have tired lifeless eyes Cause you burned them out But I took your matches Before fire could catch me So don't look now I'm shining like fireworks over your sad empty town (laughs) I mean holy shit God damn. You are an expert at sorry and keeping lines blurry. Like you're an expert and you keep fucking up, but you're an expert at saying sorry because you just fuck up all the time and but you're you, you know how to be sorry. You don't mean it keeping lines blurry. It's it's always you know, it's always iffy. God fuck you, John Mayer. Ooh, I fucking hate you. Ooh, I wish I could just kill you never impressed by me acing your tests. he's just constantly giving her these tests to prove that she you know she's worth it she's worth being in a relationship with and and whenever she was at that age like when you're at the age of 19 you're you and you are with this older guy you're just constantly trying to be on his level and she couldn't he was never impressed with these with her acing his tests All the girls that you've run dried have tired lifeless eyes. Cause you burn them out. Oh. God damn. God damn. Next, would've could have shoulda. This is from um, her recent album, Midnights, the 3 a.m. version. This song's a doozy, guys. This song is a doozy. If you this, if you thought Dear John was bad, would've could've shoulda is just a big fuck you to him uh, quote, if clarity's in death, then why won't this die? Years of tearing down our banners, you and I living for the thrill of hitting you where it hurts. Give me back my girlhood. It was mine first. Now, holy shit. I mean, I just gave myself chills. and. And the way she sings this is just, like, the the buildup of it. And she sounds so, like, young whenever she's singing it. Holy god damn, I should give myself chills again. Oh my god. Like, the power. The power? Give me back my girlhood. It was mine first. This could be taken in so many different ways, by the way. Um, the one that comes to my head right now is that it could be applied for, like, anyone. Not even just, like, in a relationship. Because I was watching TikToks that we're using this song and as women we have to just like you know we're not allowed to be girls because it's like oh make sure you're covering up even in elementary school you know we there's dress codes in elementary school because we you know we have to cover up our shoulders and make sure we're um you know crossing our legs and um you know watching out you can't walk walk alone uh, at night, uh, and it's just, like, we could never be a girl. And it was ours first, but we got that fucking taken away from us by society and by men. Um, but for, in, like, in this situation, it can be interpreted that, like, she was dating this guy when she was so young. And he kind of stripped that from her because she, you know, had to endure all of this trauma and absolutely just just stomped on her heart and it's like give it back to me that was mine first you you know you as a grown adult dated me and you should have known you should have known better i was just a child and last but not least last kiss on the speak now album god damn this is another song dear john in last kiss are two songs that are just constant like I just have I just scream sing in my car and full blast by the way uh this it's basically like this entire song is you know just is a great example of her songwriting but I picked out one specifically so I'll watch your life in pictures like I used to watch you sleep and I feel you forget me like I used to feel you breathe And I'll keep up with our old friends just to ask them how you are. Hope it's nice where you are. Once again, I'll let let you guys just sit on that one real quick. You know how relatable this is? Like, you break up with someone. You're missing them. You want them back. But you can't get them back. And you've become friends with their friends and you you know you want to hear anything you can about this person because you miss them so much and so you'll ask your your mutual friends like how they're doing because you can't text them because you know you're done it's over and and you get to ask them how they are or how you are and i'll watch your life in pictures like i used to watch you sleep having just like those really intimate moments and then It just like is gone. And so now the only thing you can look at are pictures of them online that they're posting. Like you're just living vicariously through pictures of them because that's the closest thing you have to them. I feel you forget me like I used to feel you breathe. Holy shit, dude. God damn. Like just these super like watching you sleep, feeling you breathe, like these very, very human interactions that are now like you you can't feel those anymore and the the closest thing you can feel is like distance you know watching pictures of you from a distance um feeling you forget me is making me feel more distant from you it's just her mind is fucking insane also not to point out the fact she wrote that song last kiss she wrote that song when she was like 19 like 19 i'm i'm 22 years old right now and i couldn't imagine ever writing something like that my brain just doesn't work that way and most people's don't she's just a very special case so that's all i have um i hope i made my point uh i hope i got my point across for you guys uh and uh yeah go stream Preferably stream the only songs that she owns, uh, which is Everything uh, Up Until, or Lover, and Up Until Recent. So, Lover, Folklore, Evermore, Uh, Fearless Taylor's Version, Red Taylor's Version, and Midnight's. I'm really scared if I'm forgetting something, but I can't remember right now, so and probably speak now Taylor's version soon so me hearing her sing last kiss uh, as like 32 33 is going to send me into a spiral so thanks for listening guys this one's been a long awaited for me um, and thank you for listening um, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel follow the pod on Instagram at argue with the wall but the with as a w You can rate this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Lily M Fry. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.